welcome to our Allied Command show tonight with our famous Ken R. Johnston Sr., one of the speakers at many of the UFO conference events. We're real proud to have him uh, as a regular co-host on Friday nights, and we've invited Kit Janet Lesson from Maui, Hawaii, and a friend of hers to come on, but we'd like to talk to you tonight about being mysterious and being mysterious allies. So we would like to enjoy uh, getting to know other people that are interested, like we are, as UFO enthusiasts. So we've created the Allied Command for the various levels of existence in space. We have the Allied Command spacecraft, and we'll be talking about extraterrestrials and what we do to uh, work with consciousness and all the levels that we may exist at that some of us just don't. Uh, talk about much. Now, we're metaphysicians, for those of you that are in the Universal Life Ministries, so we welcome all of you and uh, all the fun things that are supernatural, mysterious, metaphysical, many of the dimensions that uh, we use in space, the various levels of being uh, humanoids in these containers, and we talk about we're born, we live, and we die, and everything's a gift in between, and so some of us think we're souls, some of us don't. Some of us are naturalists and think we're atheists and believe only in one way in the things that we can physically see and prove peer-to-peer reviews. And I've got a few of those in various groups. And Ken and I are sharing UFO Secret Space Command together in a Facebook project of social media. So we welcome everybody to join us on our UFO Secret Space group. And uh, we're going to talk tonight with uh, whoever wants to show up and share uh, what Ken and I are building together in the Allied Command in 2019. My husband started with me years ago in TJMRCT Radio uh, with the Ascension Center Organization, Ace Folk Life Society, and we have uh, the Allied Command and then the Supreme Allied Command, and we'll talk about the military side versus civilian like we did last night with some of our MUFON people that showed up, and so we're hopefully going to build a good radio show that people can tune in and listen to UFO stories, extraterrestrial stories, and the Allied Command and the many multidimensional beings that we may or may not be. So it's all up to the individual listener, and we all have an opinion, don't we? So without further ado, I'm going to get Ken on here. Ken Johnston Sr., can you hear me now? Oh, I hear you loud and clear, TJ. It's a real pleasure to be on your program. Thank you, Ken, from Albuquerque area and Boaz. Is that how do you say the name for you have your little your little pony because oh. there's a history with that too. <laughs> yes. It certainly is. Uh, the little the little town called Belen, B E L E N and it got that name from uh about five German families that came over before uh World War One started and uh, they they colonized actually that part of um this part of New Mexico, and it it has grown since then. It's a primarily a farming community, and it hasn't grown much bigger than that. A little over five thousand people, so it's a little country town. And then I'm outside of town in that in the country. And my my wife was a horsey person. She loved her horses. So when I married her, I had to love horses. And uh, we got down here, and I was um, going into town. I'll get real fast to give you a little quick drop on this. And I heard a radio, and they were talking about these miniature horses. And I stopped by this people's house and looked at those little things, and I thought they were so cool. And I got my wife into them. Well, you know, if you love horses, it doesn't make any difference how big or how small they are. So since, good grief, since 1999, 98, 99, we've been 
raising miniature horses, and she's gone so far as going up to the national championships. And uh, we've got, I guess we got about 14 little miniature horses right now. And they, they pull carts. They do work. They, there's a whole long history. I'll go into it some other time. But uh, it's fascinating how you wind up going from um, being a flight instructor on 737s with the Boeing Company down to uh, raising little miniature horses. And um, I wouldn't change it for anything in the world. Well, I'm glad that you and friend do that, and I know there is a history in the coal mines, and they brought them to America, and we've discussed that on one of the shows. But let's talk about you a little bit, because I saw you on the Sci-Fi channel the other night, and I wasn't looking for you. But apparently with YouTube, when you leave it on and you fall asleep, it'll recommend and it'll keep playing things. And all of a sudden, a voice woke me up, and it was yours. And I looked, I went, is that Ken Johnston? <laughs> and you're in a, like yes, a black captain's jacket, or the kind I used to actually get to wear once in a while, with a, like a lamb wool type of collar or something, but it had all your patches on it. And I don't know yes. if it has that collar or not, or if I imagined it, but uh, tell me about how you wound up on Sci-Fi Channel. That's a very interesting story. Now, folks, this is Ken. He's got over 3,000 hours in uh, space suits, I guess you'd say, pressurized suits, and training with some astronauts oh, yeah. back in the Apollo mission days. And you may know of him from UFO conferences, but uh, I met him in 2017, and We've gotten along. We were talking about uh, a person that we sort of got involved with uh, in this UFO business, but we'll we'll get into our mysterious lives. But tell me a little bit about how you got on the Sci-Fi Channel in that area of the oh. country and all of that. Actually, you're going to have to go all the way back to oh gosh, let's see when I um, retired from the Boeing Company in 1997. Uh, 97 it was, uh, Mr. Richard C. Hoagland, which many people are aware of him, the man, the, the face on Mars uh, story, and I used to listen to him on the radio, and um, in between at nights when I didn't have a, a, a students to teach him on the 737s, there was a group of us with the Boeing Company, and we had a little nickname. We called ourselves the Majestic 12, because there were 12 of us, and of course we weren't connected with the, the real European and, and worldwide uh, uh, Majestic 12 group, but it was kind of cool. At any rate, um, he was going to be, I, I was off that night, didn't have a student, and one of my uh, cohorts at Boeing gave me a call and said, hey, Mr. Hoagland's in town tonight. He's down at the, the conference center putting on a program. And I said, shoot, I'll go down. They all said, well, be sure you get us some information. So I, I said, well, I'll write up a little note um, introducing myself to Mr. Hoagland because he had been asking if there were anybody that had documents or records or proof of what we really did on the moon, et cetera, et cetera. And... Uh, so I wrote a little a little letter of introduction and went over to the uh, the conference area, and I walked in, and the ladies are there taking our money, and so I'm signing up, and I said, oh, by the way, I want to give this letter to Mr. Hoagland because he's looking, you know, wanted to see if there were any of us around like that. And she was reading it, and her hands start to shake, and she says, you're who we've been looking for. And I went, oh, oh I'm in trouble now. And she went in the back, and the next thing I know, Mr. Hoagland's up front, and he's um, reading the letter and talking to me, and and, and I told him a couple of quick answers. Yes, I'm I'm the guy that kept uh, a whole archive of pictures and film and and documents and records and everything else when I retired from from NASA down there. I wasn't a, a NASA employee. I was a, a Grumman Northrop. Well, it goes all the way back to when I was with Grumman and I was one of the civilian astronauts and we tested it in the vacuum chambers and then I helped train the astronauts how to fly the, the uh, lunar module and so that brought it up and then 
they, they laid 30,000 of us off at uh, once we landed Apollo 11 on the moon. And then I went over to the um, uh, BRN's, um, uh, let's see, uh, Lunar and Planetary Science Department, over the Lunar Receiving Laboratory, and uh, became the director of the Data and Federal Control Department. And that's where I had access to all the original negatives and the original film and everything else that came back on each uh, mission over at the main photo lab. So each time I had to order something, I would order uh, an extra copy and put in uh, Ken's archive, so to speak. That you know, we, I had to maintain five sets of all the pictures and things in my. And I had three uh, employees that worked under me, and we we kept them in our filing cabinets. And then when we they had the big layoff, my director came by and he says, "Okay, you need to get rid of everything except for one set." And I said, "I complain." He said, "Just dump them." I said, "Well, wait a minute." It's been paid for by our tax dollars. We ought to give them the universities. And he argued with me back and forth. And finally, he said the golden words. He said, I don't care what you do. Just get rid of all but one set. So I um, sent uh, two sets of um, materials to um, uh, the universities, two universities. And I said, get one set there in my uh, my office, there, the data and photo control department. And then another set, I... Um, I put it in a duffel bag, and that night when I went home, I just threw it in the back of my car, and I kept it as an archive to keep it. Well, it was nearly 20 years later when I ran into Mr. Hoagland and then told them about uh, what I had. So the next morning, they came over to my house, and he and two other people were in, and they started looking at the pictures, and their jaw dropped, and they're saying, oh, my God, there's, these things are so pure, and and uh, there's no um, – Oh, tampering has been done with them, and you can see some of the bases and things that were on the moon. And I hadn't really paid any attention to look at them. They'd been locked up in a big safe that I bought to keep my, my records and things in. And um, in fact, that my wife took one look. She said, oh, my God, what's, what's this reflection in the visor? The eye's not there on the moon. And it was a, a craft uh, up above them behind the astronaut that was taking the pictures. This was on Apollo 12. Anyway, so um, I, I may have gotten a little off track here, but uh, – uh, TJ, you're asking how I wound up here, and that is um, after I then retired from Boeing, and we moved here to the Albuquerque area, and um, got with, um, uh, well, actually, just stayed out of stayed out of trouble, and wound up uh, raising little miniature horses with my wife, and then started writing books. And the first book I I wrote was uh, uh, Ken's Moon, and it's an autobiography, and it it goes into all of the um, uh, the record documents and records and where I file things. I, I got attacked uh, verbally as well as almost physically on the coming out forward. Whenever I went to Washington D.C. with Hoagland and uh, gave pre- presentations to the national press and everything else about the documents and records and things that exist, the fact that we actually discovered alien bases on the moon that had been kept secret all these years, and um, so I, I was just trying to keep my out of trouble, but then I had this guy by the name of, that I knew, I knew him, I worked with him, and we sort of thought I was good friends, it was James Oberg, was him, and he, he went after me, I was in uh, India, giving a presentation to the people up there, and uh, the things going on, and I thought everything was just fine, and in the middle of the night, I get a knock on the door, uh, up in the mountains where we were, in, the, in India, in the northern area, and this, uh, my escort, came and he was just sweating all he says, I don't know what to do. He says, Well but the director of science for uh, Assam India uh, called him and 
someone had called him and told him that I was lying, that I wasn't who I said I was. I was just there to take money away from him. I started laughing. Well, let me guess. That would have to be Richard Hogan. And the guy's mouth dropped. He says, well, uh, you know who that is? I said, absolutely. He goes, I said, here, I've got books. I can show you the documents to prove that I am who I am. Well, that made him feel better. He says, well, okay, we'll get this worked out. So he said, let's get things ready. This was like 3 o'clock in the morning. So I had to pack up at this resort where we were up in the mountains. And it was it Oberg down. that had called in on you? It was Oberg, oh, right? Oh, it was. Yeah, it Not was Richard Hoagland, but Richard was. No, no. Oh, James Oberg, okay. I think you I said Richard Hoagland, but you can go back oh, and listen well. to it on YouTube. <coughs> Excuse me. Well, but I, I want you to it. know that Janet's here. I'm going to let her talk to you about science, being on the Sci-Fi Channel, too. But go ahead with that part of the yeah. story. Okay. They called okay. you back okay. in India. Yeah, keep going. Anyway, so they they um, they were taking me down off the mountain. We came to an intersection uh, out in the country. It was dirt road, and the guy that was uh, had talked to me at three o'clock in the morning. He gets out of the car, and this lady gets in, and she is the like the vice president of the science department for Assam, India. She gets in, and we go over to the, takes me over to the airport. I thought they were going to take me to their offices, and we we're going to clear everything out. Instead, they took me to the airport. The chief of security at the airport put me in a holding room, and uh, they went bought a ticket and had me fly out of uh, the northern India down south, and then then get a ticket to um, had to pay for it myself and fly back to um, the United States. Well, for 36 hours, my wife had no idea where I was. She just knew that things had gone kind of awry, and I was told, you know, leave, do not come back. That's they they didn't do their research, and now I have on my wall a letter of apology. <laughs> Uh, that uh, you know that they hadn't checked everything else and found out that uh, Mr. Um, uh, yeah, see, I, om- I almost said I almost said Oberg. Yeah, that Oberg is the one that had called them and that they hadn't checked in and that they apologized that they'd love to have me come back. And my wife doesn't think it'd be a good thing for me to go back up over there again. But those kind of things have been happening. And since then, um, Mr. Oberg was told back off, leave Mr. Johnston alone because. Every time you go after him, he, he presents documents and proves that you're wrong. And so hopefully, um, on this, I will say, Richard uh, uh, Hogan was correct to get me into the National Press Club and make it public and then have the documents and records already uh, published. We made uh, high-resolution copies of every picture I have, every film copies, you name it, I, I did. And I, I donated a set to the Roswell uh, museum and research center there in Roswell, New Mexico, as well as a uh, set to Oklahoma City University, my alma mater, and um, um, and I did maintain uh, the original set in safes and so everything. If they were to bump me off now, they'd have to explain what you guys do to Ken. So I'm a lot safer now than I was back before I wound up meeting Hoagland and the rest of the people like that. So uh, I'm considered honored that honored that I. And I'm going to give my mother credit for the fact that she said, you know, if you have something you think is important, you need to save it and put it away because someday it may be important to other people. That really is something she told me when I was young. And sure enough, that wisdom led to me keeping what I kept, and that's why Ken's archive. And that's all in my book, uh, Ken's Moon, and it covers a lot of that information, a lot of good pictures and a lot of copies of the documents and records and things. So if you want to know the truth, check it out. I'll be happy to provide it for you. 
Right. And uh, Janet helped you, and so did Karen Patrick. But I did read your book cover to cover, and I'm going to get Janet on here, and she's brought a guest to talk to you too. But I want Janet to ask you about the Sci-Fi Channel and how – I'd like to hear how y'all met at a conference because I'd like to tie all of us in together for the Allied Command and my husband's information that Janet and I documented for all these years to invite people to join us. There's very few of us that really are I feel comfortable with talking to personally and going through a lot of things like you have, adversities. But uh, Janet, let me me see if Janet's here. Go ahead. I wanted to say something again. Go okay. Ahead, okay. Go ahead, me, uh, hey, hi. Good to hear from you. Let me uh, catch up real fast for like um, Karen and um, <laughs> yes, Brett. Uh, Karen, yeah, Brett. Brad. Karen and Brett. Brett. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, um, I was. Um, oh, I had done a radio program and a TV program, and um, Brett Shepard. He was pretty sure that things weren't like what I said. And um, I wound up calling and getting a phone number and calling him. And I said, well, you know, why don't we get together and I'll, I'll let you look at the original pictures and things. And he thought that was pretty good. And then he said, well, we're, we're going to be moving out of Texar, Texar, Texoma, Texarkana. 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 There you go. Mm-hmm. Then, so this was two days, in three days, I said, well, oh, they were getting ready to leave. And then they wound up with their vehicle. It was put up on the rack and then the guy was giving them trouble and they were they were about ready to leave their furniture and everything there and just leave and go to California where uh, her daughter uh, lived and I said well there's another option I'll take my I'll take my truck and my uh, uh, 16 foot trailer and we'll come load everything up and we'll get you out of there and that's exactly what I did and that's how we got to know each other was driving from Texarkana all the way back to uh, uh, Albuquerque New Mexico area is good enough the Berlin area brought him here and helped him find a house and then putting things in storage and then we got my permanent place up on the mountain next to the little airport and uh, that thing worked out great now they live down in silver city new mexico and they and i've talked to them oh we we're i i treat them just like they're my kids because <laughs> i'm that much older than them and uh it's it's we've helped each other tremendously with their books and then uh janet um uh, or the karen was um Edited one of my books, and uh, we, you know, we helped each other the best we can. And now, now we're kind of a, a team, and, and that's where I, I wound up going to that conference where I met uh, 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 Janet and, and Sasha Lesson. And uh, it's been just a growing thing of, of a, a tremendous group now that's of very intelligent this book, people. The regression of a NASA whistleblower. And that's got the regression that Janet talked to me today to use with my daughter maybe uh, in the future. But let's get into how we all met. And uh, Janet's got somebody else she brought on here. But uh, let's get us situated with you and Janet in the story here because I've got this book in my hand. And Janet's name's in here. She's got a very small part in your life story here. But it seems (laughs) like Dr. Lesson has a larger part but y'all apparently right. were at, so fill me in, because were y'all at the contact in the desert? But sort of fill people in, because this is now history. And so this is going to be here, how you two met, and the history of how you two got together. And this book, Janet, you know, The Regression that? of a NASA Whistleblower. I'd love to hear Janet's side of it first, so go ahead. 
Okay. Uh, okay, so from what I remember, before we met at the um, IUFO Congress in Scottsdale, Arizona, at the Waipaha, Waipaha Resort, um, we were on the radio together. So I met you and Karen and, and Ken on the radio. So we were doing all these broadcasts. And I think you were on a couple of them too, TJ. So we had a while that we were playing on air, getting your story out there. Uh, Karen was working on editing your book. And so those were very exciting times. And then at the uh, UFO Congress, not, not Contact in the Desert, the other one in Scottsdale, um, you and uh, Dr. Lesson went into um, I guess I, I forget whose room it was. I, I, I forget the details, but one of the rooms, I don't know if you came to our room or we came to your room. One time we came no, to your okay. room, but we, yeah, we did. We set up a uh, recording equipment and, uh, and I wasn't there. I left because uh, we were taking turns watching our table and Karen had a table. So we were all rotating who was going to watch the table, sell books, um, you know, we were all trying to get in to see certain speakers and get your regression done. So I did. Yeah, that's why we called um, it the A team because we all worked the together. The A team. Yeah, go. we and we did that at the last conference. Uh, we were there. Uh, what year was that? We were at Contact in the Desert. That was was that last two years year? ago. I get confused. Two years. two years ago now. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so. so Oh, there we were. We've, we've uh, met in person at least twice, two or three times. We met, met at different conferences. Oh, yeah, we were um, – you weren't in Silver City. You were doing something nope. with your wife. They so. were still uh, – yeah. They were still here in then, um, Berlin at the airport and where they had a, a place at the house up there. And then they moved uh, oh. south of there. That's when we went to – uh, we Which one was the Andy Bashago? Yeah, we went. We all met in um, what was that? That that sound in your neck of the woods. Where were we? Uh, yeah, I just showed up. I'm in the car and I'm in the back uh, with um, Lewis. Lewis. Oh, you mean here in Mobile? Oh yeah, I met Mobile. I met Janet and Ken. I met both it's these Mobile, people, folks. At least I thought for the first time, but Janet and I have a history of memories back when she was in Hawaii and I was too. And we had Dr. Lars Sturgis and um, uh, Richard Higashida and Spiritual World Network, and she came over from a flyer I had uh, doing Psychic Network. So, And we put all this together back years ago. We've been working together on the Pegasus Project and the Stargate Project. Pegasus and I think Stargate too actually had Andrew Bashago in and Ken was rooming with Andrew Bashago. It's really a small world, but I want oh, you all yeah. to know this historically because all these names are important with where we're going in the Allied Command and using our consciousness off-planet, which we'll get there hopefully by the end of the hour. But, okay, back to you guys. So uh, Mobile, Alabama, Andy was there, I was there. I met Andrew Bashago, Janet Carol Lesson, Dr. Sasha Lesson, Lewis Reinhardt, Karen Patrick, Brett Shepard, uh, uh, Eagle Claw, whatever, people. on the big TV. whole bunch of people. And uh, anyway, so this is we're, now we're doing radio together, but Janet and I were doing it back to 2012, and we go way back in the UFO Association, all the way back to the 90s. But uh, okay, so back up here to 
you asked Janet where it was. It was Mobile, Alabama, for the Mars Anomaly Conference. We're talking there about you, and you and there we were. I got filmed a little bit with Janet and Sasha Lesson, as he called me his colleague. I was very proud that day to be Dr. Alexander Sasha Lesson with the ACO Ascension Center organization. And uh, being, you know, brought on for just a little bit with him, he called me up with him and Jean. It was very sweet. I got to be on TV and film with the y'all. But, okay, so that's where we were. And then we'll bring on somebody else in a few minutes. Just uh, don't go away, uh, guest person. (laughs) So uh, hang in there. So Janet, now, back, he had asked, and you said Mobile. So where were you in the story? So we all met. That was May 9th, 10th, and 11th, 2017. So I'm apparently the date person. (laughs) I remember the date. You remind me of my mother. My mother knew all the details. She knew when everybody was born, everybody got married, everybody died, uh, where they lived, the street (laughs) they were on. And me, it was like, okay, mom, whatever. Um, I'm I'm the date person. And you're the date person. (laughs) Yeah, I'm the date person. Yeah. So anyway, uh, then I did see Kenneth... um, a MUFON conference in, uh, what do you call it, Vegas, right? So we get around. Anyway, um, we have this uh, A-team friendship and we're all connected. But we, what we're not realizing is that we're connected on even, you know, greater levels. This little UFO community, we're so kind of incestual. We just all know each other for many lifetimes, and over and over and over we keep meeting each other. And then apparently we've been in a number of different uh, secret space programs, Type of you know secret military secret programs, and uh, and so um, yeah, the A team could be for Allied back. Command too. A team well, Allied right. Command. Let me jump in uh-huh. here just, right. because that's how I wound up uh, meeting both um, uh, Janet and Sasha because we the questions started coming up with some of our past life, or not necessarily past life, but our experiences when we were past younger. And yeah. I started coming forward and talking about experiences I had when I was only like a seven-year-old kid and one thing after another. And someone mentioned, well, you know, you ought to get the, um, hypnotic regression and get all this information up and that Dr. Sasha Lesson would, could probably be the right person to get with. And then, of course, and I explained that I had been a, a hypnotist uh, in college and I would help hypnotize students that were having tough trouble and help them memorize their their uh, subject matter for their particular courses, getting ready to take exams. These guys would gals would make make a hundred on their exams, and we're doing great. So, but in the process, I had done what we used to call key to ourselves, so that no one else could hypnotize me. So before I had a chance to uh, meet uh, uh, Sasha and them publicly and work on this, I had to go through about a month of of deprogramming myself to make it ready. And then once we met and um, we started the um, recording, and, uh, both audio and visual, of my first uh, hypnotic regression session. I thought that I had been hypnotized for about 15 minutes. It was two and a half hours that they recorded, and that's the information wow. that was put, in, put into the uh, book you were just mentioning book. there, DJ. And that's yes, the, um, it's a great book. I loved it, The Regression book. of a NASA Whistleblower. So you're apparently the well, NASA whistleblower. I didn't <laughs> so ask folks, for that. he did work at NASA. I didn't ask for he that. Did. That was dubbed on me, <laughs> the title. But it's because I have not been afraid about coming forward. And and because, you know, we I, we waited 20-plus years 
for NASA to come up with the information that had been part of uh, a little controlling and putting out to the scientists around the world. And and I just finally reached the point that, you know, even though I had a top-secret clearance, that it was past due for the information to start getting out of the world. That's when I went. I, I wound up going to the National Press Club twice with Mr. Hoagland over the period of a decade. And then um, now going back and uh, getting the hypnotic regression and digging out a lot more. And apparently there's been a lot more in my life that um, I was aware of. And so uh, that's what we can talk about that stuff a little bit later, a little bit more information. People want to ask questions. I'll be glad to tell you the truth, the way I've got it and the way I understand it. And I've got proof of it, too. Well, that's what we're going to be about, the A-Team Ken and the Allied Command, you being the commander and bringing all these people together, because you've got the NASA stripes and all the patches and the sci-fi channel, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm going to let Janet bring on this other lady if she wants to get her involved yeah. about this lady's strong person, because we're strong personalities, but I had no clue what we were going to talk about when I bring all three of us together. But, folks, I believe we're creating a real important Power of Three hub here. And anybody that wants to connect and be part of our Allied Command 2019, we're welcoming others into those that know about UFOs and that they're part of our lives in whatever level, R-E-T for extraterrestrial and Allied Command spacecraft. And Janet's helped me for years before my husband passed Thomas Ray Morris, he was Commander Morris, I'm Commander Morris, and then we have Commander Johnston, Commander Lesson. And so we're going to have this level of various levels of existence, and we've got to find a way to discuss, because many of our people are passing over. We've lost Paul Rosenberg, that was our producer on Apollo 13 with uh, uh, Ron Howard and Brian Glaze Grazer. Ron Howard, yeah, right. Opie, and uh, he was a member of ours, and he was a big part of our spiritual community, ACO, and Ascension Center organization that Janet and I headed up, and he, she and I had many, many conversations with him, and he always wanted us to use Vimeo and get producing videos. So that's our next level, but uh, Ken and Janet, hold on, let me get this guest person. Hello, guest person. Uh, you're Hello. live on the air. <laughs> Okay, Janet, why don't you introduce your guest person to our Allied Command night? <laughs> this is Chrisana Duran, and she's been on my show twice, and she's a wonderful, uh, powerful person with great wisdom, and she's uh, very much involved in the UFO experiencer uh, investigation field. Uh, I believe Chrisana is also a lifetime Contact me, and she worked with Ida. Uh, tell me her last name. Ida, I don't have it in front of me right now, but this person, Ida, that she worked with was a first-generation contactee from back in the 40s. So I'll let Kasana tell everybody about herself. Welcome to the show, Kasana, and uh, share with us. Who are you? Thank you. Well, I'm still searching. No. I'm not still searching. Um, Ida's name is Ida Cannonberg. And she she had her first contact in 1940 uh, when she was, I think, 26 years old. And uh, she passed away in 2010, and she was in her 90s. And she and I work with the same 
contactors. Uh, they are time travelers. And um, she wrote, Ida wrote a number of books. And after her death, her family uh, gave me the rights to publish them. So I publish all of them. Uh, they include Time Travelers from Atlantis, Project Earth from the ET Perspective. Um, that's two of them. And then I have my own book called Web of Life and Cosmos. So I was very involved with Ida and the Time Travelers. And I uh, also have been very involved with the origins of the Maya's calendar, the Mayan calendar, and the um, geometry, which I call the time star, that applies to the Mayan calendar. And I uh, made regular predictions using that calendar since 1996. And so one of my predictions was in 1998, and I got the information from the time travelers. And they told me that in um, 2012, the sun would go through a phase shift. So we would experience a solar phase shift. And after that, we would have cooling or a like a, uh, an ice age-like um, environment. And, of course, that's what we're in right now. And the uh, 2012 solar maximum, which is when they said it would start, was so extraordinary. You have to read the science of what actually happened in that solar maximum uh, from the Russians and from NASA because none of them get the whole story. But it was an extraordinary solar maximum. Uh, and we're now in the uh, mini ice age that they told me about in '98. So that that was one of my predictions, and I use and I do that with the uh, Mayan calendar model. It's not exactly the way. It's not exactly the Mayan calendar because they personalized it to their way of life, and I personalize it to my way of life. So that is my uh, background, and uh, and I think the emphasis really is on contactee in contrast to abductee. I have had very minor abductions, but I've had very open contacts uh, with the time travelers. Right. Well, can we, uh, Ken, uh, yes. Janet, I'd like to get Ken and uh, uh, our guest. I can't say your name yet because I, I don't Chrisana. see it. And I'm, uh, is it Chrisana? Yes. Chrisana? Okay. Chrisana, I'd like you and Ken because this is very important to me. I didn't know tonight was going to be important. You never know when you think you're so sick you don't feel like doing a radio show and then all of a sudden – 
the energy changes. But Ken is very important to me because my husband, my first husband worked at NASA, and my said I have various levels and dimensions, and so I consider myself a time traveler in some realms as interdimensional. But I want to get where I can speak to people depending on where they come into our group. So I'm forming this Allied Command on the planet because we have an Allied Command that's real on the planet with the uh, one for the whole entire globe inside the government, inside the military, and we have one off planet. And so I'm, I want to bring them together, which hasn't been done in reality, although we talk about secret space and uh, Solar Warden and uh, Ken and I was brought together for a purpose. But we have the NASA. You mentioned NASA, and he's about NASA, and I was at NASA, and I grew up down there uh, as a teenager, went to high school down there. And so what I'm trying to do is get all this energy together, and it's very multidimensional in various levels. So uh, Janet is one level, I'm a level, you're a level, and Ken's a level, but we all need to decide how we can speak this on YouTube, which this will be on YouTube, and Stitcher, and, and iTunes, and Spreaker, but have people understand we're not totally out of the norm, that we are really the normal, but there's just a lot of people that never in the past really talked about all this except in certain groups. So if you can help me out with Ken, and because uh, Ken, we were just talking about his book, but he did his through past life regression. So we got to find a way to, uh, Janet, you know what I'm talking about, the different levels, whether they've been regressed, remembered, time travelers, or whatever. So any help, and I'm going to put me on mute, but uh, if you can help Ken understand and me understand, because I've been off planet and that sounds nuts. So <laughs> I've been near death, out of body, and uh, worked in in and under the ground and on top of the ground. And but I haven't really. I've been writing for years and years, books and UFO digest. But more or less, people say, yeah, but they're fiction. So I haven't come out with just talking to people on a reality basis except on this radio show. So Janet's bringing forth people saying, no, this is our reality in consciousness. So we're all looking for ways to talk. And MUFON, which we had on last night, they're bringing in a new experiencer level with Kathy Martin and uh, Betty and Barney Hill level. So Janet, Ken, and I are bringing in the Allied Command level where we're actually saying, no, we're not necessarily this group or that group or in this galaxy or that galaxy. We're allied. We're all of the above, not just the Corey Goods and the David Wilcox and the Emory Smiths. So I hope that helps you out. But I'm going to go on mute, and then Janet, you and Ken establish how we're going to do this allied command thing, you know, because we're, we're all met for a reason. All right, I'm going to hush now. So the ACO is what okay, I go by. Okay, you hush. <laughs> Okay, so that my, the question that comes to mind is, so we're one thing we all have in common is, is that we're conscious contactees. And so let's go back to Ken. Okay. Is it true that you've met extraterrestrials? And if so, in what capacity and what do you recall consciously, especially now that you have activated your memories through regression? Well, actually, it goes all the way back to when I was in the, uh, oh, I guess it was a second grade, about 19, oh, Lordy, 46, 45, what place in there. At any rate, um, in, in which um, my mother had married T.C. Ray, and we lived in a little town, a uh, little farm outside of a little town called Hart, H-A-R-T, Texas. Only 560 people, 
and that included all the farmers in that area. And uh, there was a tremendous uh, uh, rainstorm. This was a right uh, just before October, so um, in the late last part of September, the Bennett getting in school, we we had this tremendous rain, and a neighbor called uh, TC, rain stepdad. And said, "Man, did you guys see the lightning bolt that just hit right outside from where?" And they close, they live about a mile, mile and a half away. That's who we were really out in the country in those days. At any rate, um, no, that uh, we didn't. But my older brother, Ar, Doctor Ar Johnston, uh, and then my the middle brother, James Charles Jimmy, um, we all said, "Oh, well, we'll go out and see because it supposedly hit right out in front of our little farmhouse." And uh, so we put on our rubber boots and ran across the mud road and the fence and. Uh, well, AR is going to be sophisticated because he's five years older than me. He's going to be, and Jimmy, he sort of didn't care too much, but I was a little, so I had to outrun everybody. And I ran out, and there's this big old flattened down area of, of maze that had been smashed down and, and probably about a half a football field wide. And I'm standing there looking at it, and AR and Jimmy haven't gotten there yet. And on the other side of the circle is this big bird, which really was a hooping crane. And, uh, and it looked at me, and then it turned its head forward, took about three or four steps, flapped its wings, went up, and then went zap, disappeared. Well, that kind of – then when Jim, Ayer and Jimmy got there, I asked them, did you see the bird? Did you, no, no, we didn't see anything. So that kind of stuck with me most of my life. And there was a couple of other events that took part when I was young growing up where I'm now able to go back and see that um, actually I, I was um, – how do you call it? Um, abducted, and I had a chance to uh, meet um, – some of the extraterrestrials, and so this was important to try to, to bring this out. I mentioned it, and then the I think the discussion that at the deal that uh, Sasha and Janet was saying, well, you know, Sasha, that's a prof- he's a professional hypnotist and excellent at regression. And that's where we met and went into digging back. So I guess I become called a contactee, and one of the main things that I wound up doing that I'm I'm trying to get more information on is that I wound up make, meeting. Um, Oh, so many of the people that are now with us on Mars, where I was kind of a, a little hopper uh, pilot, call it the hopper because it's uh, the Mars atmosphere. You pop up and then you translate down and then you let down and land. And um, oh, help me out here, Janet. Wait, our, our friend that just had his eye operation. Now, I Andrew Dubashago. Thank you so much. If you if you hear me get locked up, that's because of the auto accident I was in, and I had a little bit of blockage in, in, in the front lobe of the brain, and so I have to, I'll be going along, and all of a sudden I'll drop out, and you can hit the, the keyword, and I'll just go right back into where I was, but yeah, um, so that's where where we, I met him, first of all, was on Mars, but then, now then we met together in that big conference, we all we all got together, and that's where we all met, I'm trying to be, oh, it wasn't, I like command. Can't remember what the name of the group was, where uh, TJ and all of us met. But it's interesting how we've all had these experiences and we've kept them quiet most of our lives, and then now we're all being brought back together. And it's I see it as is that is the sign that we are now moving into the time of full disclosure, so that the truth is getting out there because the, the government the is trying to hide it. <laughs> Go ahead, what? Uh, I agree. Yeah. So let's uh, let's pass to Kristana. So what do you remember going back to your childhood with your first contact and what was going on? I think um, 
the first my first memory of a craft because I was having conversations with them at night for a long time but I the first time I saw a craft was when I was 7 and I was walking home from school and I there was a, a a circular craft on three legs in the woods and um I knew they were there and I had an interaction with them and of course when I got home uh my mother wouldn't know where the heck I'd been because I was 7 so I was in the second grade and um and I, I did not need anyone to tell me that the less I told my mother, the better things would be for me. Same for me. So, Same story. Yeah. Go ahead. So I did not tell, I didn't talk it up because I just didn't want my mother coming unglued. But that is my earliest memory of uh, of knowing that these had to be highly organized people. They knew what they were doing. They had technology. And for some reason, they wanted to examine me. All so, right. That's it. Interesting. Janet, the same thing. Same at second grade. Um, my brother Jimmy and I were going to, walking all over to where the little school was going to be. And we we stopped at a bamboo patch and close to a railroad. And we got to playing. And and then it was too late to get to school on time, so we just spent the day playing there. And uh, then when we got the time school was over, we went back home, and I knew we were in trouble with when my mother found out because she said, "Oh well, where'd you go? Oh well, we went to school. Oh, you don't do that. You don't lie to your mom because we got our butts whooped like you wouldn't believe." But that was the beginning of of our the other contact. Well, actually, that was the beginning of the primary. That happened before the story I just told, and uh, it's amazing that it was the same time and age in our lives that uh, uh, Chris, uh, Chris, Christana? Yeah. That she yeah had, I was really yeah. excited that that, um, that the contactees, a lot of us, have been chosen when we were very little. And then throughout our lives, we've had times when we've had contacts and experiences. And the best way, in, in being a, 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 an engineer and all the, my job, I had to re- regress all of those and, and hide them and keep other people going because one of the first things that common people do say, oh, you're nuts, you know. But when you get into to hypnotic regression and you get to pulling out all of the details and you start looking at the events and times and places, you realize you're not nuts and you talk to other people. That's one of the things that if we can do together as teams, help other people that are maybe listening to us to, that have had experiences to feel safe to come forward, and the more information we get, you're, we're going to discover that, direct contact is going on now with individual people because the governments have tried to hide it to supposedly protect their power. But now right. with everyone coming forward, now's the time to tell the stories, the truth. Well, you know, Isaac Hannenberg, whose, uh, whose works I publish, had her first encounter with a strange man who walked up and started talking to her. At the same age, at about age seven. Wow. And, uh, yeah. Well, that's a very common age. And, you know, that is about the age when the brain reaches its its uh, growth. Well, 
In other words, the brain is on a huge curve until the age of seven. And then it starts leveling out. And I believe that in religion, they call that the age of knowledge. Hmm. I'm not sure, but I I know that there is, that is a significant age, physically and uh, philosophically. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm, that's fascinating to me. I'm, I'm, I'm putting it more pieces together in this puzzle for me, and I, and I appreciate that, so thank you. Uh-huh. Well, you, well, oh, yeah, I, I, my whole life has been contacts from the get-go. I remember things before I was born. So this is very important that we put the pieces, of, I call it the pieces of the giant puzzle, right? And right. Uh, we need to assemble these pieces because there you're, we're listening to each other and you're getting a piece that we wouldn't otherwise know uh, by right. you two talking about this. Age, why are they coming a certain age? Well, that makes sense, though, right? They're coming because that's when our brain is maturing and we're able to perhaps comprehend things and wrap our heads around it. Well, the brain's a process. Yeah, I was going to say that when I had a total photographic memory and photostatic memory, I could could memorize a teacher asked us, what was the story about you were supposed to read? And I start going, blah, 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 blah. She said, no, I said, tell it. Don't don't read it. I said, I am telling it because I can memorize it verbatim. And that was at about the same age. So like you said, that's when our brains are really ready to start absorbing information. Right. Well, there's another factor involved in this. And right. that is the Allied Command, an Allied, a virtually functioning Allied Command, has existed for thousands of years. And they call themselves the Galactic Confederation, and that is uh, who uh, people like Dan Fry had contacts with uh, back in the early 50s and, well, in 1949. Hmm. And there's a whole story involved in that of why, and then what happened is more, they said, more than 20,000 years ago, um, they left the planet. And they had, been, they had been in tremendous wars, uh, the Lemurians, and Dan Fry was, his contingent was Lemurian. The Lemurians and the Atlanteans had been at war with each other, and it was getting pretty nasty. And they agreed, the Lemurians largely agreed, to leave the planet. Now, Dan Fry didn't go into all this. This came in later. But anyway, they are the ones, the Galactic Confederation that originated on Earth uh, and with the galactic forces. And, And now... They're they're no longer terrestrial. They they went to Mars. They went to Arcturus. They went to the Moon, and they did it because it was obvious. I think I'm injecting a little bit here um, of what my contacts have said to me that they did it to protect the planet. They left to protect the planet. They they were scared that these wars they were having would throw the planet out of orbit. So they left. They sent a lot of people out to other planets that are our ancestors. Uh, 
that they're now on other planets. And when they come back and they tell us, you know, the stories, they tell us the history, they tell us the science, now it is as if we're getting that from an external source. In other words, it's not originating among us. It is being given to us and imported into the earth. So it's it's another point of volition. It's an external volition. But what she's talking about in Allied Command is an internal volition. It originates with us on this planet. And and that is the proper sourcing for our growth to determine where we want to go. Otherwise, we're just little puppets. And that is of a tremendous, that's a tremendous concern for my contacts. They say they cannot talk to us about things that unless we have already at least thought of them or originated them in some way. Then they can talk about it because it's, it's building on what originated among us. Does that make I, sense? I think a lot of yeah, I think a lot of this is going to is coming together right now because a, a good friend of mine, um, Brad Olson, uh, and are down were they, they were coming back here in the next uh, four days um, to Antarctica, and then some of the latest information sneaking sneaking past it. They were trying to keep quiet. Is that some? I'm thinking that uh, when you mentioned it, they they didn't want to be involved in uh, any more of the um, conflicts left the planet Earth. Well, they were also at the same, that was the same time that there was a major cataclysmic event from the sun, and they, uh, they, it froze so fast, there are a lot of them, they were still frozen down in Antarctica. So that information is going to be coming out within about, about four more weeks that um, we're going to be putting more pieces together in this puzzle as to how we got here, how we originated here, what, uh, what has been the genealogy, if you will, of Homo sapiens sapiens, that we are at the point now where it's all coming out, and that they can't. They, meaning the governments, are trying to control and and keep power and control. They need to get with us so that we can um, be sure that the, the true facts are out, and people aren't going at war against each other because they don't understand what we're doing now. Is we're involved in in the, getting the true history of Homo sapiens on this planet, so that we can take our place. In the, the the Galactic Federation, so I think that's but, I think what you just said is important, very important. Well, that's the only way we are going to develop. In other words, if they're doing it, they're saying now you people, you need to put the little red dots on the blue court. <laughs> All we're doing is doing the work. Slave work, right? It's like uh, we're not developing any independence. We're not developing our true potentials of creativity and intelligence. And that's what we must do to survive. Um, Absolutely. But I what, uh, what is the date of that solar event that you're looking at? Were you asking Maybe Janet or me? You. Yeah. You said oh, there I'm... had been had something. Pardon me. You're talking to you Ken. Said... What did you get? Yeah, go ahead, Ken. 
Lynn, you said there had been a solar event that just froze things instantly. Okay, you you muffled the microphone, and I only got half oh. of the question. So p- please bring it again. You said there had been a solar event that had yes. frozen things instantly, right? That is correct. At, uh, what day? What, what date in Earth time did that occur? I don't have that correct, but it was several thousand uh, years, Earth years ago. So. Um, that's the, and this is one of the reasons that Buzz Aldrin and some of the other government of, officials and everybody went down to Antarctica, and they've been absolutely blown away and shocked at, at discovering uh, underneath the big ice sheets. And fortunately, with the, uh, uh, the, the uh, yeah, the big the mountains that blow up and <laughs> that blow up. Yeah, at, at volcanoes. Thank you. Yeah, here, that's when the poles there. the poles flip, yeah. sweetie. It was about 12,600 yep. years ago, but it's per, give or take a thousand. But it was right. when the polar the we we turn every few thousand years, and you know we've been here billions of years. But we use this planet as a rotational uh, hybrid uh, hybrid system because it was when the older terraformed. But you know the depends on what group you follow and what information has right. already been coined on the or the memes that are already the thought processes that are already on the planet and who picks them up. But roughly that's what we're discovering again now while the big deal in galactic diplomacy and exopolitics and you know they're having this big event uh, over in uh, with Corey Good, Michael Sala and Laura Eisenhower and David Wilcock and all of them are are, are taking one narrative one direction and we have uh, Lindsay Charles Lindsay I think is his first name in Australia that's been doing the hidden history of humanity that our government had all these doctors PhD levels working with uh, the Stanford Institute was that SRI Stanford Research Institute SRI and yeah I've talked to some yeah. of them before on my radio show years and years ago and uh, anyway I've been putting together my own story but everybody is unless you can prove it it's just your own personal hypothesis but that's why I want to bring us together because various groups are coming together like our own here informing their little group as to what they think their narrative, or Janet will say, well, they're still in the narrative, because it may or may not be exactly, like you said, the Galactic Federation, or some people, like we work with uh, Daryl Sims, and Daryl was uh, felt strongly that he has Alien Hunter, the original, and we have Alien Hunters as the organization, but he feels like they're hunting the bad aliens, and my husband understood that, and we have uh, in our databases as uh, hybrids are born here, chosen to live here. Uh, history in our DNA coding, our genes, because people say DNA doesn't have memory, but uh, that's where Janet and I came in, and my husband made me the patch, Allied Command, but he would never commit it to the planet, so he drew it. I had an artist rendition, but I've given it to uh, Doctor, uh, well, Doctor Lesson's seen it, and Janet's seen it for years. But with also a pyramid code I got that came to the planet, so I got things in uh, from extraterrestrials and my husband. And so today's show, Allied Command, I wanted to bring all this together. But I don't think we necessarily have to go back with the old names. But I do get what you were saying, Chrisana, because we've heard about the Galactic Federation. All these, this is really old news. Just how do we choose to voice it? and make it ours again, right? And all these people are going to this conference out in uh, 
Janet, it's August, I think, with Dr. Sala, uh, Laura Eisenhower. Have you been over on Exopolitics, Janet, to pick it up? I haven't seen what the latest ones are. It's called Dimensions Disclosure, August 17th to the 19th in Colorado. Loveland, Colorado, at the Sunrise Ranch. You know, the one they have outside. You and I don't like to go on the ranch ones because they're outside. But this is August. It's got Laura Eisenhower, Corey Good, David Wilcock, Emory Smith, Michael Sala, and a bunch of others that I don't really recognize. But they're doing basically what we're doing tonight. And they're talking, and Dr. Sala's really up on, uh, after William Tompkins' story, where Janet, me, and and, uh, Ken were supposed to meet in 2017 and pick up the story. And my daughter had leukemia, and I was in the hospital with her in Tampa at Moffitt. And uh, Ken got in an accident, and Janet was going to a couple of other, she'd already committed to be at Contact in the Desert and UFO International. So anyway, to make a long story short, Chris, I we're back working together, but we need to get our own group together for 2020 and share it. And it doesn't matter that these little teams or groups or like the Indian tribes are all getting their little groups together under dimensions, disclosure, whatever, what narratives they've got. It's that they're all coming out now while we're alive in 2019 and 2020. But now they're saying there's been horrible injustice and, you know, good, bad, and the ugly as usual, two sides and the truth and above and beyond what we're Reality is so we've got to decide where our role is going to be played. But uh, the Allied Command ACO was just because we had the Allied Command on Earth and down, and then the Supreme Allied Command, which was above, and and that was how I used. That's what I was told it was called by my husband and then the people that we worked with. But you know, it may have been the same one, just another name, Galactic Federation. But Daryl Sims doesn't like the Galactic Federation because so many people he's interviewed, they do bad things and think they abduct them and stuff. So there's pros and cons on abductees, contactees, experiencers, and they may or may not have all had. You know, like I had a little abduction type thing where a guy came to my door and I had a baby with him and he left and took the baby and, you know, came back and said, well, we know you were worried about the baby. But then I never considered that because he came to my door in abduction. But then the baby went away. So that was one. But when I was a kid, you know, y'all were talking about seven years old. And when the Sputnik came over in 57, I already knew all about it because I'd already been on a ship off planet four years old. And Ruth Montgomery told me she thought I was an alien walk-in, what they used to call walk-ins because I could yep. see myself yep. with a family up above but I was on the on the ground and then I knew what was going on and I just accepted Sputnik going over and telling my parents about it and I agree at you know second grade I died and left my body so I saw angels so I was trying to put my ET family together with angels but you know, I was told not to point. talk about them I had to go to you White Sands What's that? DJ, is it, and I imagine Christana too, because I, I also had a a life death experience where I was dead for X number of minutes, and then that was brought back. And I, I have a totally different personality than what my my two older brothers had. So you know, we we're talking about walk-ins, or and who knows where all we are. But uh, you had the experience, and Christana's had the experience. How about you, Janet? Do you um, did you have a, a a time in your life where you died and and were brought back? 
Well, I, I have a continuous thread. I died and I came back, but I, I totally remember dying and, and choosing to come back into this form. So I didn't, uh, I didn't allow a walk in. I, I, I came. I'm still here. Yeah. I, I left and came back and left that. I've had eight experience like that because my mother was, uh, God bless her soul, but she was a little bit crazy, right? So she kept telling me, but that was all part of what I, I needed in order to become psychic and aware and conscious and be able to go into this next level of, uh, you know, interacting with it's the all terrestrial. So it's all a part of education. It's, it's all a part of the education so that we, we're better prepared to be able to be what uh, TJ is talking about and, and be involved in helping other people that uh, may have had that experience and need, we need to help them bring it out so we can all move forward. That's right. right. And it's very much a Gnostic principle that um, life is a dance of the light and the dark. There's darkness and there's light in everything. And so a polarization against evil and a polarization only for good is actually very out of balance. And it rejects the actual nature of life itself. And, you know, of course, the source of that is religion. We'll have Where to do the, another whole story on that one. That's a whole new area, isn't it? And I agree with you, though. Cause I, and we'll, we'll get into our training. Yeah, natural. I mean, I'm, I'm an ordained minister. I'm an ordained minister. And uh, I think, uh, TJ, you, you've gone down that line as well. So, yeah. Wow. Divine versus nature. Area. Mm-hmm. That's true, Kim, right. and yes, because it is what she's saying, because why do we live and die and things decay and then they come back to life, you know, like the rose or, you know, the trees and the oxygen, when they get so much, there's the seasons where the leaves spread and they're, you know, filling out with the, they're helping the CO2 and then they fall and they decay, but all of that's, it's all about the all, the whole process, yep. so I get because I've had all that dying. esoteric training, yeah, I've had all that training yep to be above the positive and negative, but it all have flows with the divine. Or if it was originally planned, who planned all this? Because it is. It has to be a balance. It is a dance. So, yeah, we're all talking about the same thing, and I believe every group, every religion, every world religion that's ever been, all the stories of the floods and the polar shifts and all of that, it's all the same story. It just depends on who's telling the story and how they want the narrative to flow. It's like who wins the wars gets to tell the history. <laughs> but then people That's come right. through and burn it up or destroy the the libraries, you know, so then we have to start all over again or there'll be another pole yes. shift and everything will swap around. So we're at that spot right now, folks. We really are. So people are coming together. This is the new narrative around us, which extraterrestrial groups are going to get together and which ones are going to be the good guys and the bad guys. Star Wars, Star Trek, which ones are going to be the researchers, which ones are going to be the guardians of the galaxy, and then we've got the games. And now the bigger story, which I'd like to get into in the future with y'all, is AI versus soul, which is one of the oldest of the stories, is which ones left because they had no soul, but they had the... See, Atlantis, if you go back, Lemurians were allegedly the peaceful warriors that had souls. Atlanteans were like the AI bionics, and a lot of us have memories back then. And we were very uh, technology-oriented. We did everything to do with high-tech and creating AIs and things that 
thought they were alive like our spacecraft, but they weren't. So you have all these Atlanteans, and then they have the women that say that Mars people were the bad guys, or that men and the women were uh, didn't need men, and we were all one. You know, we separated ourselves so we could have sex, so to speak. But you know, you, those are really ancient stories when we were. Back before even I think the Anunnaki, the Nu or the Anu, and before you know before the heavens came, but they were androgynous, and there's stories still on the planet today. I don't know if they were on the Farclay tablets. So this is stuff we have to get into because they're in our psyches. If you think about it, how can you be androgynous? But there are stories out there, and I've seen many of them and read many of them throughout history. So what right. is the original thing that we were? And that goes back to science versus religion, but we're getting to the spiritual science, and that's what I'm going to try to promote is spirit science, because that story is out on YouTube. The, the, uh, for anybody to see in a comedy type of thing, there's spiritual science groups that do that, spiritual science, spirit this science, is just, for this years is just and years. We can, we can, uh, this is a good start. We can pick up on like almost where we're leaving off and uh, just keep, keep moving on and bringing all this information forward, because we are now in the time of full disclosure, and I'm I'm glad we're all here together and part of it. It's a chance. So, are we going to be well, able to go for another hour, or are we are we over? Oh no, we're going for another. It's 51 minutes. Uh, if it's okay, I mean, we've got anywhere I'm we good. can go with this. But we're creating the Allied Command in today's time, and I'd like to use my husband's uh, stars because the the group I worked with. We were uh, universal level, but when we came down to the level of the galaxies, and I looked out, and Janet knows the story with me and my husband, but we were working with five spacecraft. One was for terraforming, had all the trees. One was for the animals that we took around. And, you know, you can say these were Anunnaki if you want to or not. I don't care because uh, I didn't know. They didn't use – I do know that what they spoke wasn't anything like we speak. And they had to break it down for us, and uh, it was very complicated. It's taken me 20 years, as I tell people, just to get it through my – communicate with my husband before he passed at only 55, almost 56 years old. But Janet spent years trying to help me figure out how to speak what she calls Galactica because what we do is we would (laughs) take our ESP level as as chosen – body forms but walk-ins also is how do we live with one foot with that our et people and with no we're human form down here and a lot of them were various ages and thousands some had been through various groups and it was amazing to work with them because some had been here during the flood some had been with world war ii and they were real in human form just at a higher level in a different spacecraft but some of them were personnel and communication and then we had the flagship and my husband and i worked on the flagship and he was in charge like when we he came down here on the planet with the government and working for the president and i did too we worked directly you know we didn't have to go through anybody else we always worked for the co and the xo and uh we have direct in and out you know first-hand experience on the planet and we we got to go up there and be treated like royalty but we got to see how it worked and why we came down here and i'm just sharing a lot of information from time to time in books but people thought it was all fiction so i think janet wants to take and look at all the books i've written and take all the knowledge that makes sense to make it okay so all this we've got here or Zacharias talked about this or so-and-so or Einstein because 
We had pictures in our head where Einstein would sit and hold a brick, Tesla. So they helped all these people that they chose. And we're going to try to put a narrative or a thread or ribbon through all of this in the Allied Command. And it may be a little different from Solar Warden. and uh, But Tompkins had a thousand years in the future. Uh, people, William Tompkins. And Bill Tompkins died suddenly. And Janet... And Ken both met him, and I met him. So this is a coincidence. And Michael Sala came on our show, but he never got back with us. He said he would help us with our ACO, but he's already connected with uh, Corey and David. And so they're probably farther advanced in getting television notoriety in Gaia than we're not. We could be, but we didn't choose that path. So back to you, Gene, how you see it. Go ahead, Ken. Go ahead. I actually got to meet with them. William Tompkins when he worked with uh, TRW back at the Johnson Space Center because that's uh, we'd have meetings with with, um, uh, with various scientists for each one of the missions that were being planned ahead and and um, it was really nice to be able to look back at that. Uh, fortunately, I was I was there in the meetings. I sat in the back and kept my mouth shut unless I had something public to present because these were the these were the top people that were involved in the whole space program that we had going then. So William Tompkins was there. Um, uh, who's our German Nazi that was, um, come on, help me out, <laughs> that helped us get to the moon. I'm Bonavon sorry, Bonavon. I was on mute. Yeah, Werner Von Braun. Yeah, Werner Von Braun. Braun. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. it, it's fascinating that I had the opportunity to be connected to all of those people. So, yeah, uh, it's it's amazing how it's all coming back together right now. So, who else is jumping in here? It is. Indeed it no, is. Okay. No, I'm disagreeing with him. He is absolutely right. It is amazing that it's coming together right now, but it's coming in its own time wave. It's coming in its own timing. Like, could it have happened 60 years ago? No, couldn't have happened. And uh, is 100 years too late? Yeah, it is, because we need this now. And it's the only, it's, this is our time as humans of Earth to break out from the, um, and I don't, I call it domination, but I don't think it's all intentional domination. It's just simply that some of these ETs are but so. We're not being, uh, yeah, not being dominated by. We're not being dominated by the ETs. We're being dominated by the people wanting to control it for themselves. The, 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 not military necessarily, but the, the political control individuals throughout our history that have, have been able to to just take care of, pull everything out of all the people and make themselves gods, if you would, in their own power. But uh, no, we, we're at a point now where individuals are all coming together to creating a, a mass form of truth and so let's uh, say evolution this is our our present level of evolution of the mind yes. and the soul is um, particularly favorable towards that behavior right I agree and Sounds we've had good. it and we will have it. it it will continue it's not going to just end we have to oh, deal no. with it and I do agree with you. It's not E.T. who's done this to us. It is It oh, is no. really from within. It is us who's done this to ourselves. Yes. And uh, part of it is just we had so many different 
groups and origins brought together here on this planet that it's a tug of war of how we're going to go forward. You That's know, and what forward is. Pardon me? That's one of the big things we need to do is to be sure that all these different groups and things, they have a portion, a small piece of, of, of the pie, if you will, and if we can help bring them all together to where we're all making the same approach to make homo sapiens sapiens on the planet Earth ready to advance on into the solar system to meet up with uh, the solar intelligence uh, Throughout the whole universe, yeah. this is going to make a big difference. And the people, and it's you know, it's been a process that we get to wake up and um, are able to handle it. That was one of the biggest things that during H.G. Wells and the whole story there of um, people panicked and jumped off buildings because they couldn't do it. Now you, you talk to any young people, the young generations, and you say, well, you know, what, what do you think? Are there, are, are there other um, intelligent beings in the universe? Well, of course there is. You know, they... So we've now lived to a point where it's time that the, the whole civilization of Homo sapiens on this planet are ready, and those that aren't, they're, they're going to have to come right along with us because they won't have any choice. But then it's a matter of, you know, those that are ready, we're ready to move forward. It's time to go. So, and Hi. I'm losing my voice. I'm losing my voice. Yeah, a little bit. Hey, Chrisana, I'd like to voice. ask you something. I've got. I'm looking at Dr. Michael Isala's book, PhD level, uh, called "The U.S. Navy's Secret Space Program," and it says "and Nordic Extraterrestrial Alliance." And on the front are two people. One is a female in a silver suit with blonde long hair, uh, holding the hand of a gentleman in the U.S. Navy officer uniform. And facing each other. It's a very good-looking book. I have not read it, but I want you to know that I relate to both those personages on the front. Both of those could be me, the man and the woman. Now, how would I explain that to somebody like you That other than how I just did? But I relate to both memes or energy or biologicals or the, because I've been in the U.S. Navy I've been in this, what they call this, I used to really hate the secret space program because it wasn't, but the way Janet looked at it was, so for years, I didn't like that. But the Nordic, yes, I've always uh, also been a Nordic. So here's the words I use, Nordic, extraterrestrial. I never use secret space, but now I use UFO secret space program, but I use UFO secret space command in a social network. We've got a couple thousand people in it, but... How do you do that? It's made by Robert Sala. No, Michael Sala and Robert Wood did the forward. And they got together after Bill Tompkins, right? And all of that. But Janet knows both of them. But I'd like to hear what you say. I know what Janet's going to say. They're all me or aspects of me. But how do you feel? If you heard, so this is the craziness I'm trying to keep from happening to me. But I know what I'm trying to do. I just don't know how to get there to help people. Does that make well, sense? It makes perfect sense. And um, what we need to understand is that we you're talking about archetypes, platonic sense, as, as Plato defined an archetype, which is the first of its kind. And so we Very never good. 
I use I, I, I use tarot I, I, cards for that reason. But yeah, keep going. That's very impressive. Yeah, you got it. Archetypes. But yeah, go on because we've got to learn. That's what Allied Command's about: is learning to talk to different people at different levels, that have different experiences, or different dimensions, or time travelers, or whatever. But all of the above. But to make it make sense, so people like me that have various levels of existence don't feel crazy when we talk to people that want to know more, but we don't know how to mm-hmm. communicate. And that's my one of my gifts is uh, supposed to be able to communicate. All right, back to you. Anyway. In, in in terms of the archetypes, we all come from archetypes. We are all we are descended from archetypes, the first of a kind. And for us, our archetypes are all off planet, right? We're a young species, and this is a young, actually a young solar system. So everything that we're talking about and we're worried about. The ancestors, the archetypes, have already done it in one way or another. So we can either look at them as an example and and as models after which we spin off. And we can say, what can I learn from this? Or we can um, deny it. So... What are we talking about here? We're talking about intellectual maturity and um, the our own level of our spiritual level as well. Well, it's 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 all of it. It's physical, it's mental, and it's it's soul. You know the Mm -hmm. the true the soul is the child of the spirit, but but it's a very important intermediate. A step between the mind and the spirit. So it's physical, mental, and soul. And we as a species, if you took each person's level of development, each person on the planet, you took their level of development and you averaged it, then you'd get our planetary average. And it's probably going to be really different than, say, Venus. What is the what what is the average for the those uh, groups on Venus, and and that is that is on all levels, especially the soul and the body. You get those averages, and we are a young species in body and in soul. However, you know the soul develops. I, you know, I actually, when, when I said spiritual, I meant soul because that to me is our, our spiritual being, is, is our soul. So that's, well, I wasn't see, jumping on well, any particular religious People exchange those. Can mm-hmm. people exchange those inter, intertwined? And I've gotten into many conversations on this radio between spirit and soul. And usually you can't convince people once they classify their soul versus their spirit like me i say all the spirit energy i send down from my oversoul it makes up the archetype or the parts or the fractals of my original soul seed that was in the gulf or golf but now tommy hawksblood on the other hand does it just in reverse 
So some people call it their soul comes down, right, or their spirit. But So they're interchangeable, but we, that's one of the problems we have in communication is what does each individual human mean when they say a particular word? We get into taxonomy, you know, and, yes. and it's very that's important, right. epistemology. So these are things that a lot of people walking around with a high school education don't even think about, that they're not even talking the same language when they're, you know, walking around with their pants hung down around their knees and throw and rap and this and that. And, and, I'm, my, and I'm talking about my grandkids, too, that, you know, they're not thinking like – yeah, so yes. they're all right now not wanting to smoke pot and not work and figuring out the best way not to even worry about the man's job or the, working for the government or going to school. They don't even care about the old way. These people don't even – they've grown up in the Internet and playing games, and they don't want to work. So I don't know what we're going to do. I was talking to a 30-year-old today checking me out at Dollar Tree for something simple like dog food, and he said he was talking to me, and I was like, look around to see who he was talking to. I was the only one there, and then a man came up behind me in the line, but he said, I don't know what we're going to do with these. I'm 30 years old, and here I am working here wondering how I'm going to make it. What are we going to do 20 years from now? What are the kids going to do? Nobody wants to work anymore. I'm like, that's true. <laughs> so, I mean, the 30-year-olds are talking about the 19-year-olds <laughs> and so on and so forth. So it's really funny, but at the same time, we're in a serious situation. we got to Oh, you know, we're communicating. Our communication tonight is important. Can can I say something about archetypes before we get too far down the line? (laughs) Go for it. Okay. Yeah, I I was was sitting here quietly listening because it's a fascinating conversation. But from my understanding, I think this is George Capasso's information, but I could be wrong. I can't remember all the details. But anyway, it's at the... Uh, it's kind of like we've already done it all as a continuum, as the uh, you know the, the 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 global not global the interplanetary universal system. Everything's been created, right? Nothing can be created or destroyed. So it's all been created, but we're we're redoing it. That's why we have archetypes, and archetypes have emerged from this group gestalt, which uh, we uh, identify with. So I identify with Nima, and I know uh, TJ, you identify with uh, Thoth, and other people identify with the gods. And that's why we have the story in the Enuma Elish where the planets were, um, they had personalities. They were, they were talked about as if they were humans or, or humanoid, right? So, the, uh, so what, uh, what George Capasillo says is that we started at, like at the source point and then we sub-parsed, went down into like a universal level, a, a, a galactic level, a solar system level. And now we're coming into a planetary level as human forms that can hold consciousness. But they're all parts of ourself, all the way up to the oneness source. So we have these little subpersonalities, which are the archetypes, or levels of physicality, it's a denser material. And we're doing the same dance that we did when we were one of the gods. So we are the gods, and we were these giant beings, and now we're coming down smaller and smaller. We probably even go down to a molecular level. And everything is happening simultaneously. The, and the archetypes that we identify with, that we take and own as our own, get acted out on all these levels, from the microscopic all the way to the to the God you know sense. And so, uh, so that's the macrocosm reflects the microcosm, and vice versa. So we're acting this all out. We're identifying with the. So I identify with the peacemaker, and so does my husband. And that becomes the force that leads your life. That you 
that you go through life, you walk through life as the archetype that you identify with. And that takes you outside of the matrix. So we're locked in this matrix. We think this is all real, and we get um, trapped by the parameters of the matrix and the shoulds. And we can do this, we can't do that, what we can and cannot do. But if we, if we, we get our guiding myth is what um, was her name. She was a teacher from the 80s and 90s. She said, get your guiding myth. Um, if you get your guiding myth, that can take you and propel you outside of this this container, which is limiting, and uh, you know it, it has light and dark, and you can't go anywhere, right? So you go outside, identify with the archetype, but then you bring that into the containers, the matrix, and then you expand the matrix, and you and you have this uh, system where you can, I'm good, I'm bad, I'm light, I'm dark, you know, whatever you identify, but you can create change. And then that creates the ascension process. I know it's kind of convoluted, but I hope you get some kind of sense out of that. I think it made it made good sense. And you know, Joseph Campbell wrote about myths to live by. Like they are myths are convey myths are a way to work out problems, to work out questions, and to find solutions that are shared in community. A myth is always a communal function, and um, and a lot of what we're we're talking about now, uh, like is it real? Isn't it real? About the UFO ET phenomena is really just modern modern myths doing their process of um. Finding answers to problem to shared problems. So I think it's very important, and I think that the mythology is an is an incredibly important function that is not really well understood at the gut at the not gut, but the um, the different levels where we're at. Say that again. What levels? The, the, diff, the different levels. You know, we're, we're all progressing at different levels, and so if incarnation can be involved in that. Is so we can all mature and grow to the level that we can understand the different levels that, that you're exactly you're mythology. Mythology mm-hmm. involved abstract is abstract reasoning, right. and that's its value. And the guys who believe that the world was created in seven days from sunrise to sunset to sunrise and seven sunrises are very much at the literal level. You see what I'm saying? It, they're not using abstract reasoning because that simply is not their evolutionary um, comfort at this time. Right. In other words, that is the wide disparity between the different populations on this planet, which is what we must find a way to resolve, because no one's going away. The people who are here are here because they have a reason for being here, that they're going to take them and remove them, or they're going to do something with them. I mean, the final solution was Nazi Germany. And that yeah. didn't work, and it was a solution to just a segment of the population they didn't like. We got to reverse that. We got to find a way to live together, 
as humans. That's what that, we're here to learn. And that brings it, up it, an it, amen. I agreed with you there. <laughs> amen. It involves huge differences in evolution of the soul, the mind, and even the body. It's not, we're not all one thing. Never will be, never have been, never will be, unless you have nothing but a bunch of clones. So how do we work around that? And that's what the Allied Command really needs to deal with. That we have such a diverse population for reasons that are lengthy to discuss, um, including the fact that many of them were just, many people, many groups were planted here. They were seated here. They didn't just, but there are, there were soul group, souls that did emerge into existence on this planet. But they're just like outnumbered and overwhelmed by the, those who are immigrants who have come in since then. And we've got to, we as a people must figure out how to resolve all this. To be how to make everyone understand the other groups and the other levels and what what they're at is that what you're you're bringing that to? So because oh, well, I mean, it, right now we're, we're on this planet where people judge other people by not only their age, their education, their their race, color, uh, you name it. it if, if you you can't fit into one particular little group that th- this other group understands, well, then you know, they can't communicate. Well, that's the big thing we've got to overcome as, as Homo sapiens sapiens on planet Earth. But I, we are we people. I think like us that I, I don't have any particular um, uh, what is it reserves against any particular denomination. You name it, um, uh, but I, I don't like. Uh, I'd use sorry. I use the term. I don't like jerks, no matter what race, religion, creed, or color, or background, education, you name it. So the hard part is getting past that and getting to the point where we can all start to understand to the level that Christina was just talking about. So right, and now in the narrative. Yeah, Ken, I agree. I agree with everybody tonight. This is amazing, and I love that you keep using <laughs> Allied Command because. That was important words to me because they've been used historically, and then they do have, and everybody can look it up on the Internet, the European Allied Command. And uh, then the Supreme Allied Command was used in Egypt, and there's actually, I can see the words over a building. So in my travel, world travels, in country, out of country, in uniform, out of uniform, people say I have an advantage because I have the nomenclature like Ken does. We were both... He was a Marine, and I was a Marine over in Kaneohe, but I was really Navy assigned to the Marines. But we have a military understanding, and we both took an oath of office. A lot of people don't trust government people anymore, but that's ridiculous because people are people, whether we're in uniform, out of uniform, whether we're working civilian or under government contract. For you know, A lot of people are retired now and getting checks that still come from the government or U.S. Treasury. So a lot of us are older now. So we still have to be loyal to the hand that you don't bite the hand that feeds you. And people are separating us any way they can, whether they're donkeys or elephants or non-either or whatever. But the, the point is, is don't let people 
separate us. But at the same time, we've got to talk about it because of all the stuff that's going on. And everything that's been said tonight is right on except the fact that we need to do this more. I think communication is the key. And, you know, where there's misinformation, disinformation, information, but what we want to do is learn about each other at least at the level that have had extraterrestrial or UFO understanding. Why does that separate us from all the people that think we're nuts? And there's still a lot of them that do, although thanks to a lot of things and the change of, on the Earth and alien hunters and, and the uh, ancient astronauts and the History Channel and sci-fi and all that, it's all getting better. We're getting better, but we're still at not where we need to be for the positive and the negative and the dark and the light and the dark matter and the light matter. And conscious thought is faster than the speed of light, and so now we're getting there in qualia, our quantum entanglement, or you know, string theories, all the stuff you do in uh, quantum mechanics, and so physics. You know, it's all coming together, particles and waves. So it's all about words, how we're going to communicate, and how we're going to come together. But the point is that we do. And like, I'm going to have my daughter dying in the next week or two, which is really hard. She's only 45, but I ha- I, I decided to come on tonight. And every time I spend with her is precious. And I know that someday I'm going to regret. And Janet's thinking maybe I can get her to come on. I don't know. But there's all these things going on around us, even while we're right here right now. Time's clicking away. And they say there's no such thing as time and space, and I agree. But some of the story that I have, Janet wants me to get down with her, and it's important for people that someday may be finding. We leave a path, you know, we make our own path and leave a trail. So many of us here, hopefully with the Allied Command, the ACO, and We'll have events, we'll have fundraisers, we'll have groups, and we can do the same thing, hopefully, if we get the backing. But right now, it looks like Emory Smith, Corey Good, Laura Eisenhower, Michael Sala, all the people out on the west side of the coast, they have a lot better. And all the three people that are here right now are probably on the west side of the coast. I'm over here in Florida Panhandle down here working with people that are just, you know, they're 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 awake and they're working with metaphysics. But the metaphysical group is the only one coming out and starting to say, okay, TJ, come talk to us about you know UFO stuff. So I don't know where it's going to go, but I appreciate all you guys showing up tonight. We've only got good lands, 22 minutes left, Janet, so I'm going to turn it back over to you and Ken. Ken, you've done a great job quick, tonight considering we didn't know what we were going to talk about. Right, Ken? <laughs> quick question for you, TJ, and that is uh, so that we don't wind up stepping on any of the other organizations as to how they – Identify themselves as far as being Allied Command or Supreme Allied Command, or uh, you, you name it. There's several different groups and organizations. Have have you been able to uh, def- define it down better to where we can we don't step on toes, but yet we know our position to fit in with all the other groups in the various countries in Europe and you name it. So there's there's a no because they all mean. Well, all I've got is AlliedCommand.org. Right now we're a domain name. And that's all we are, it's a domain name. My company, ACO, and I filed federally, worldwide, ACO in the government and for cotton products. But it's all illegal stuff, Ken. But as far as the, the ACO and the Allied Command Organization, the Ascension Center Organization, it was all about metaphysics. But I have the UFO Association.org. So what I'm doing is is trying to concentrate. I've got so much money tied up in websites and domain names and projects and events, and Janet does too, that we're trying to get it. The government pretty much has it down on the Internet where everybody is responsible for their own social, their own Internet 
uh, IPC code and their own cell phone, and now that mine are all combined together, it's confusing the crap out of all the algorithms, and they're trying to get me down to one phone when I got five in my name, and it's getting all confused with my grandson and my daughter, and I'm watching it on my phone, and I'm getting messages on my cell phone for all of them listed. I'm like, oh, my God. So it's crazy out there, but as we get the algorithms reading who we are, and you know, if we talk outside, all of a sudden you'll see commercials for this or that, and they match. But basically, as long as we keep the alliedcommand.org, I think it is, and I've got UFOassociation.org, and all the others I've got is companies or .coms, which are top level. Your top levels in the Internet or in the cyberspace are .com, .org, and .net. Those were the three. Now you can pretty much get everything because it went over to a different group. But I stay up on all the legal legalities on the Internet and open source. But basically we're a free group that's using open source, and we're basically because the world has set it up where all the people on the top are making the money in inside corporate level as investors is Google and Facebook are pretty much running the world right now as far as the main browser is Google and Facebook is the main social media. And all companies that you say you have to have a web presence as an individual business or individual entrepreneur, you have to have a web presence, but they also know you have to have social media. And even my kids, even though I was in the WordPress and publishing with GoDaddy for years and years and with affiliate and a reseller, my kids wouldn't even go through me or pay me the money. They went on free Facebook, and they ran their companies. They're all entrepreneurs like me, so they all ran their companies direct on Facebook. But, you know, we like to think we want software out there and our hardware. But now that the Internet's out there, the big thing is are we going to keep AI separate from souls or are we going to make the same Lemurian Atlantis mistake we always do? And that is let the AI take over. So right now people are not even sure anymore because we've done this over and over. Who's running the show? Are the souls or the AI? Are we just inside our own game that we created and they got tired of our biologicals and did away with us? You know, are we really these biologicals or are we just thinking we're in a virtual reality and biological? Are we in the hologram or is the hologram inside of us? <laughs> That's getting or complicated. It's a hard our, problem. Or did we destroy <laughs> our, our planet so that all we can do is exist in forms that are AI, you know, in robotic forms? I mean, we're, we're destroying our planet. Well, about it's, that. it's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. That's what I just said. Are we a hologram? Are we inside the hologram? I mean, yeah. it's, it's right. much more That's than right. the planet. It's all about the universal whole and the consciousness. And now where I'm working with people at the scientific highest level is is the consciousness overlay over the uh, – like we had the memory uh, – from uh, the ETs, but we didn't have the right alloys, like element 115. We had 15, 16, 17, and 18. But Bob Lazar brought out 115, and they've already changed the name. It was like 2 pertinium or something in the beginning. They've already changed the name on the uh, scale. But seeing uh, some of the ETs wouldn't let us have for space travel, and I was part of all that group back in the 80, 85 area, but they wouldn't let us have them. And see, that's still, it's alloy versus what's natural on the planet. So that's why we're having a little trouble right now with reverse technology and going, coming and going is we can't get there from here unless they work with us because some of the planets have some of the uh, elements, and they become an alloy when you mix them together. So we're working on consciousness right now in consciousness versus light speed. So we've always had faster than the speed of light. So that's where we're at on the higher levels of thought processing. But at the same time, they can't answer where where they're getting the original 
conscious because consciousness is not soul. So now y'all, everybody have to go listen to all the TED Talks on consciousness and get real up yep. on what we really are. <laughs> it's really, really deep. But it's getting fun because we've gotten ourselves into this pickle, you know, below the the quarks and the gluons and the tau. And now we know there's more than the beta, alpha, theta, delta, sigma, tau. There's, they used to say there was only five levels of the brain. Now they know there's seven. And my husband and I knew that, and we used to say it for years, and they wouldn't listen. But once they got past beta, alpha, Beta Alpha Theta Delta. Okay, Beta Alpha Theta Delta Sigma. And I remember going to a neurologist when I was in a big car wreck or big truck and caught on fire. And he said, You must have been super intelligent because you're super intelligent now, but what's the deal? How do you know about these levels? I said, I just know. He says, but how do you know? Because we didn't even know about it to the fifth. And he said, I just had this, and I just graduated neurology. You know, he was a neurologist. He was just amazed. And I said, I just know. So that was the same thing I had in school. And we can talk about all these things in the future with people that come on, because we all have, like, something happened at 4, something happened at 7, something happened at 14, something happened at 21, 23, you know. And I'm listening to Kursana talking, and I've heard that story over and over and over again. And there's various people that have had same things happen at certain times. Is that a coincidence? We don't know. So that's the mystery. Is what are we really? Are we really just AI, or we really do have a soul? But right now, people that are putting the AI and the AGI, general intelligence, out there, and everything we do, we're being recorded right now. But also, everything's going into the computer, and it already knows everything. And they know that they know what we're going to say before we say it. And I've been part of those in the uh, parapsychological groups and how they could think. And I've been on the equi- to- equipment on your brain. You're going to have to come here to Berlin because just outside of uh, Los Lunas, they're building the biggest giant computer uh, machinery in the nation, probably in the world, right here in my own backyard. So (laughs) it's amazing. The big brain is going to be right here. Yeah, I heard about that. But, uh, yeah, this is all AI. What's that for? Go ahead. What is that for? Uh, What what is the big brain? What's What's the story they're telling the world about the big brain? Well, that's that's uh, your building. It's it's the building right outside of Los Lunas, where we are, just a, actually a mile off uh, off of I-25, and they're they're just about ready to fire the thing up, and it will take over all of the communications and uh, thing that, that Facebook and uh, the other IE AIs, whatever you, artificial intelligence, all that material will be going through the computers and the material. The equipment right here in Los Lunas here in New Mexico, right down the street from the highway, about 15 miles from where I live. So, who knows? We may, we may find out that our matrix is going to be changed. I think I'm real, though. I think I'm live. That scared everybody. They quit talking. <laughs> I, just, I don't want to talk over somebody, but... Um... I think we're already AI. AI. I think that, um, you know, on Battlestar Galactica, they were leaving me a lot of clues, and they didn't know they were, um, what do they, they call them, the Cylons. The whole thing, I recommend rewatching that. It's like, oh, my God, that's what's happening. We're all Cylons. We're all being cloned. We're all AI. Cyborg? Cyborg? Cyborg they, no, they were called Cylons on, on yeah, but they're, um, Penny Bradley says she has a subpersonality, and they cyborg her, and 
because she's operating a boring transport ship, and you know they're slow. They're slow traveling between long destinations or something. I don't know. There's all these stories out there, but yep. you know, I I watched Sophia. I kind of related to her. You know, it's like yeah, she's just she's just um you know if I only had a brain, which one was that? That was this the scarecrow, right? And the uh, and Pinocchio, the, the AI that wants to be human. The, you know, there's a clue with Dr. Michael Wolf. Uh, Chrisana, do you know anything about Dr. Michael Wolf? He was uh, working on the creating the uh, first, um, you know, the super soldiers, the the roboticized ones, the ones that they mass produce. And um, he no, sold it. So there's a clue there. He had sold his. his his uh, creature. He was like Frankenstein. He sold it, and then they 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 uh, ordered him to kill it, but he let it go. You know, it's just another Pinocchio story, another story loving loving your AI. So he let it go, right? And apparently, it's wandering around the world. And I think it might have come to my house at one point. Uh, so I'm, t- I'm piecing together that mystery and trying to find a time to watch his stuff. But we've been working on this a long time. Uh, Enki has so what? droids or robots, and the you know, and, and the run uh, robot that um, oh, who was what was his name? Um, Gilgamesh had he, he had a a robot, and and he loved it. He absolutely loved it, and he was trying to be human. So yeah, back to something else. Well, there's integrity in both sides of the of that between. Uh, scientists, those for and against singularity or AI coming together with the mainframe and, you know, whether it's going to happen or not or whether it already has happened or not inside the mainframe or the big one. But I have seen in my lifetime where we've gotten dependent on them and the people that want us to be more so. But my problem is right now working with individuals on the layman or on the physical 3D boots on the ground is when the computers go down, in for hours at a time, they can't function. And I'm seeing where I can't get things done even in law, in government, in cities, because their computers are down. Or you think about it, folks. When things go down, people are dysfunctional. And our children are growing up without knowing how to think for themselves or add up money properly. It's unfortunately, we've gone to that. And some of the TED Talks these days are even about the fact that children don't understand money. They have no real understanding of what money is because they just see somebody go up with a phone and I, you see it every day. Go through a drive-through, and somebody's using their phone. We don't see money anymore. I, I'm guilty of it. I don't pay with my phone yet. I should be, but I'm paying with my cards. But the I'm kids still don't want to have to work. About, well, the plus, they don't want to work. have to work either. No, so we don't know what's going to happen between the biologicals, and they're doing away with so many, and you'll see that in America and around the world. We've gone globally, and I remember 20 or 30 years ago when I was driving a truck around the country, watching and taking all the computers around as a 3D human form container, you know, biological, that I'm a cyborg now, but <laughs> that's another story, and also a walk-in, obviously. So <laughs> Anyway, so working with whatever I am on whatever level we're talking about, I like the fact that I've watched everything change in this reality then so much of what was used to be is gone now and you can't prove what you used to know because it's been deteriorated, torn down or it's no longer in existence and this has been the 
pass in the history for us for millions if not billions of years is then we can't go back and put it back together and we go through this time change and the and the energy changes but this is what's good about being out in the universe is there are other places in space just like this one and we've got to get used to universal law and the fact that there are actual things that exist out there but they still don't know at the highest level, at least when the Allied Command and they talk, they're on a screen to the Supreme Allied Command. I'm like, well, where are they? And they're like, well, it's going to take three days to talk to them. But nobody will give me the whole mucky muck. All we could get was God has always been. Because, you know, I was like, who's running the show? And even the people would look at God has always been. So even the older people, you know, that have watched this planet and been the observers. So there's various levels of beings I've worked with based on age and where they're located in and out of the uniform and also with computers. So I don't know, you know, if you walk up and you you guys know that there are humans um, walking around that are not real, honest and that's just the way it is. So it's not that it hasn't been here. It's that people weren't willing to admit it. Just these are the levels we've got to get through with what's secret and what's mysterious and what have we known. And is there really a thousand years ahead of us? And uh, William Tompkins was starting to lead to that. Go ahead, Ken. I was going to say, we, we need to, uh, all of us being to be able to get in contact with each other uh, in advance or during the week or whatever before we get together. And, and of course, the only only thing I can think of instead of getting out our phone numbers on the on the Internet uh, is our, uh, like mine's, uh, you know, yeah, what do I have here? Ken Johnson, uh, wait a minute. What's, oh. what's my email address? Come on. Mars One Astronaut. Mars One Astronaut. Yeah, yeah, Mars One Astronaut. Way, you want- I don't mind being this. Center, you guys want to contact me first, and then I'll hook everybody all up together uh, by our emails, Chrisana. our private emails. Chrisana? Hello. Okay, so Ken, Chrisana, would you yeah. be okay with that, to him to start a group? Sure. How long would okay. the meeting be? Oh, no, just uh, where we need, if we need to get some information on what's going to be happening next, to have one uh, location. Weekly night. Skype on Monday. Me and Janet have tried that before. Okay. Works, but I'm going to say, Jane, it's good. Yeah. I don't mind. No, I don't do that. If once a week doesn't work out, then once every other week might, you know, depending yeah. on schedule. Okay. Oh, I, I was, we do I need was a mainframe. Impromptu. If, if you have a question and you need to pass it on to someone else, or, you know, I, I want to set it up before at least we can get each other's private connection. I don't mind using mine, the Mars One Astronaut at gmail.com, and then. From you can give me your your private phone number or what have you want to do, and then the others can contact me and we can give each other our private uh, contact. Yeah, Janet runs one for us on Thursday, and Ken wants to run one on Friday. That's if that's okay with you, Janet. Make him commander of Friday night Allied Command Group, and hopefully Chrisana would like to assist because uh, people are going to come and, and it's going to. Janet, it's when you said, how are you going to do this when people get too many people want to help us? Because Janet said we're going to do all this free <laughs> as a nonprofit. So even though we're paying the bills for the radio shows and the marketing and promotion out there right now. So, Janet, back to you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We've got to get different nights, different shows. Yep. I don't know if she's still there Janet? 
Travis? I think so. Sorry, I'm, uh, on, I'm on mute. I'm on mute. I'm on mute. I was uh, crunching on some curious. Uh, <laughs> I didn't want to make noise. All right, so, so Mars one astronaut. And Janet's got that, but we don't have Kursanas. But if Kursana wants to be a major player as a mainstream person. The thing is, is if you don't want to put it out on, because people are going to be listening to this, uh, our communication. If you don't want everybody to have your private email address, I'm offering you mine so that you can give it to me, and then I can give it out to the others because I have uh, everybody <laughs> else's emails, or someone else can. Right. Right. I'm, I I'm have not. everybody's emails, so let's go. Let's finish up the show. We have five minutes. Okay, so um, everybody, final words, Chrisana. What would you like to say? We're living the. We are living um, the solution of, of the myth. In other words. What we're creating is mythology, but it's the right way to work out these abstract problems, yes. abstract solutions. Okay. So which way would you like to go? What do you mean? doesn't matter. We don't have much time. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. That'll be the next to... show. That'll be the next show. That'll be the meeting we have is to discuss where okay. does this go now that we've established Four sides of the same, or two sides of the same coin, or whatever. How, right. for, how What happens after the four of us got together in 2019, on 2-22-2019? What did that mean? And Chrisana gets it, and Janet gets it, and I get it, and you get it, Ken, but we're all getting it on our own level because we're all individual containers. Yes. But the algorithms got it. It'll be all over the Internet, and everybody will be listening and copying and figuring out, and all the people that want to do what we're doing, all the people in spiritual science, all the people that listen to us and trend, all the people that follow me on Facebook to see what I'm talking about personally or you're talking about personally or Chrisana or Janet. They want to know because I've watched it for years and years, and before that I wrote for UFO Digest for 10, 20 years or whatever. But anyway, it's all out there, and yes, it creates itself. But we're helping. That's the communication. We're the part that's voicing it, showing up. All right, Janet, right. I guess I appreciate you and Chrisana showing up and helping us because I didn't have any clue what tonight was about. So archetypes, mythology, leading the myth. Chrisana, do you have a last name people can track you on Facebook or anything, or how do people find you? Um, well, I'm T.J. Morris, E.T. Radio, okay, and Teresa J. Morris. So my name is Kusana Duran, and you can go to uh, timestar.org. That's my website. Say it, say it again, please. Timestar, T-I-M-E-S-T-A-R.org. Good. She has an org already, too, so that's good. Good. Janet's got one, so we can pull all our orgs and do our websites together, Ken. Timestar, okay, good. one word. T-I-M-E-S-T-A-R.org. Uh-huh. And Mars One Astronaut at Gmail, Chrisana. It's all spelled out in letters. Yes, spell out one. Mars One Astronaut at gmail.com. And just get in touch with him on email because Janet and I do pretty much daily. But we need help, and we need more people to do in the mainframe. So, folks, if you want to start a social group, a meetup group in your town, Janet's got one in Albuquerque, and we hope that Ken's going to get involved with 
Gloria Hawker. I'm in that group. It's called Stargate to the Cosmos, if anybody wants to be in it. But you pretty much have to go to the meetup meetings there. And I paid for one. They're about 19 a month through meetup. And there are a lot of UFO MUFON people use it. Thursday night, UFO Association. Friday night, Allied Command. And those are the two I'm commanding right now with Ken, Ken our Johnston astronaut. He's commander for the Allied Command. And well, I get I to be Supreme Allied perfect. Command. <laughs> Go ahead, Kishana. This is a perfect solution. Oh, is it what it kind is of solution? exactly what we need is to have these small uh, meetup groups that uh-huh. get together once a week and just deal with community issues. Okay. Well, help us organize it, and then you have to get people interested. So that's the part, because everybody's doing their own thing, and they have their own 3D life and their container, and it's hard to get them all on the same page. And the ones that are usually active are always the same ones in all the same groups, and they don't have time. That's what we used to learn in volunteer organizations and nonprofits. Anyway, we're about out of time, but go ahead, Ken. I'm sorry. Yeah, instead of just having the small little groups, we're going to have to have – the overall organization group, or else we can be picked off one by one. So I, I'm very serious about that. So no, I agree it. with you. Thank you. That's what I'm, I'm pushing that, for. Is that is we all what will happen. Very good. All right. Well, all right. All right. Well, Ken and uh, Ken, make sure you get in touch with Janet and Chrisana and me, and we'll start at one level, and then we'll have levels spin off our different meetup groups. All right. Love and light, everybody. We'll be back here Thursday and Friday on this channel anyway, and we'll get it out there. We pay the money to get it out to the places we need it to be. So come back and communicate, Chrisana. We appreciate it. I will. It's a real pleasure to good. be Yeah. Ken's good All at organizing right. and keeps lists. So we'll, we'll, and Janet is too. So thank you, Janet and Chrisana. Thank you so much for coming and being one of our commanders for whatever your part is. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Thank you. All right. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Love you all. Good night. Bye bye. Good night. Okay, we're just gonna end. No music. I think. Do we have to have music yeah. to end? We do. Oh well. Okay. Let me find some to turn this off. Yeah. It's oh, we already Let me get one. No, we're still recording. I just had to find well, something. Yeah, we're still on. As soon as you clear, as soon as you clear the radio, okay, give me a call. Okay, I will. Right, okay, I will. Okay. Producer says we have to have music. Okay. Good night. See you Thursday, folks. UFO Association, ACO Association, Allied Command Organization. Signing out.